are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I just want to talk today on uh, a church in transition. Uh, I've had a really rough week. Uh, I had the, the uh, a cold that uh, really was a flu, that's what it was. And if yesterday was Sunday, I would not have been able to preach. But praise the Lord, uh, Effie prayed for me last night before we went to bed and again this morning. And uh, right now, I, I, I feel great. Amen? So, praise the Lord. A church in transition. In uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. The word transition means movement, passage, or a change from one position or state or stage to another. Now, transitions can be a good thing especially when it's orchestrated by God. And uh, Coal Lake Community Church has experienced a number of transitions over the years, and most of them have been positive. I think all of the, all of the transitions since uh, Effie and I came here has been positive transitions. I remember the transition from lead pastor to associate pastor. I had never been in a support role before, and, uh, and now, as, a, as, a, as a, an associate pastor, I was there to, to serve Pastor Lance. I wasn't the leader anymore. And uh, my success for the last uh, nine years has been uh, to see Pastor Lance succeed. And uh, it's something like John the Baptist when he spoke of, of Jesus and they came to him and asking some questions about what was taking place. And John said, uh, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's the way I felt about uh, the ministry, my ministry role. I wasn't taking a front, a front seat anymore. But now, of course, that's going to change and I will be your leader again and it is quite a different role. This is the situation that Israel was facing from Egypt to the Promised Land. Uh, after completing a 40-year journey from Egypt, they were about to cross the Jordan into the Promised Land. Now, this journey, they tell me that you could make the journey from Egypt to the, to the Promised Land, to Israel, in about 11 days, if you, if you were walking and you took, the, you took the, uh, the main route. But of course, God directed Moses to go through the, through the wilderness area and across the, uh, through the Red Sea. And, uh, but still, with, with that and with all of the uh, the stops that they made along the way and the directions they were getting to God and, and considering that there was probably between one and two million people, counting the children and then ev all of their belongings and everything, they would have been going much slower as well. So 
give them two to, two to three months, and they would still have been there. But uh, you know the story, how they got ready to go over into the promised land. Moses sent out spies, and ten of them came back with a bad report. He said, it can't be done. They're too strong. Your armies are too strong. They got walled cities. We don't have anything. In fact, we're not equipped for war. And, uh, and so uh, the people believed those, those ten men. Joshua and Caleb stood up and they said, no, we can. And the reason I know we can is that God promised the land to us. This is the promised land. That's why we refer to it as the promised land. It's promised by God. So if he said we can go in, we can go in. We can, we can be victorious. But they wouldn't listen to those two men. And, and so the end of the story is that they were, were, were destined to, to roam the wilderness for 40 years. They said that our children will die. You know, we're going to be slaughtered. And God said, well, because you haven't believed in me, because you haven't believed my promise, you are going to die in the wilderness. But the children that you said will die, these are the ones that will go in. And so God had them travel the wilderness, wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all of that generation, the Bible says, died. And now Joshua and Caleb were ready to go in. They were now about 80 years old and roughly rounding that, that bracket. And if you count the, the children, you know, from 12 years probably down, you probably had maybe the oldest of the rest of them that were there were probably about 55 years of age. That would be the oldest to closest age group to uh, Joshua and Caleb. So Moses, their faithful leader, would not be going in with them. You know the story how God had spoken to Moses once, and he told them to strike the rock. They were, they were in need of water. God said, strike the rock, and water will come out. He did that, and they had water for their cattle and for themselves. Then over in Numbers, he tells them to go and speak to the rock. They were in need of water again. And God tells them, go and speak to the rock, and water will flow out. But for some reason, Moses figured striking the rock was more impressive. So he struck the rock twice, the Bible says. He struck it twice, and water flowed out. God is so gracious, isn't he? Even when you disobey him, he still gives you what you need. They had water, plenty of water for the people and for the cattle. But God said to Moses and Aaron, because you did this, because you didn't trust in me, 
you will not go into the promised land. And so you will die along with the people, and I will raise up a leader that will take them in. You see, God has a plan. He always has a plan. And if you and I decide not to fit into that plan, God will raise someone else up to fit into that plan. God is not impressed by our buildings. God is not impressed by our, the size of our offerings, our facilities, our programs. God wants us to follow His plan, to be led by the Spirit, not by our own wisdom, our carnal minds. And there are some times when we think we've got it all down pat, we know exactly how it's going to be. We assume. God don't want us to assume. God wants us to trust Him. I want you to listen closely to God's word to Joshua concerning this transition. Joshua is the man that God chose to lead the children into the promised land. Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Father, 
make your word real to our hearts today. Holy Spirit, help us to get what you want us to receive from your word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Moses, my servant, is dead. He won't be leading them in the next chapter of the lives of Israel, of the nation. Your blessings, your hardships, your disappointments, your victories, they all serve to remind you of the faithfulness of God. We can't go back. We must continue to follow in the way that he leads. Paul was of this mindset. He was set on pressing on towards the goal. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16, we read, I have not achieved it. In other words, I haven't, I haven't arrived, I haven't achieved the goal that I have set. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. We're not governed by the ashes of the past. We're not governed by the good things that happened in the past. We are set on the good things that God is going to do in the future. And the part that you and I have to play in those good things. Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. And sometimes there may be some things that you don't quite agree with. But let's keep in mind that we're going to make progress. That we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to check our own spirits. Rather than saying, I don't agree with that and I'm not going along with that, why not say, Holy Spirit? Show me my heart. Show me, am I thinking wrongly here? What is my motive? Help me to be the man or the woman of God that you want me to be. So I can be one of the effective ones in seeing your kingdom come and your will be done in Coal Lake. It is most important to be in unity as we move in this transition. Psalm 133 tells us that where there is unity, the Lord commands the blessing and life forevermore. We want to be united in purpose, 
to see God's work go ahead, to see our families brought into the family of God, to see prodigal sons and daughters come home to Jesus, to be a good influence on the people in the workplace, to be a good influence to the people in college or the university that you attend or will attend, or in the school, in the high school, or elementary, wherever you're going to be attending. Don't allow the past to dictate your future. We are headed for the promised land. We have had tremendous prophecies over this church, over this congregation, and over this community. And I choose to believe them. The things that I haven't seen, I expect to see them at any time. I have always been of the conviction that maybe today, when I leave my home in the morning to come to church, maybe today the Holy Spirit will break in in a sovereign way and touch our hearts to a point where we are determined that we are going to be the best that we can be from now on. Then we're going to serve God with all of our heart. So the first point was, don't allow the past to dictate your future. And the second point is, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Arise and go, God says to him. It is not God's plan that we remain where we are. I have never been comfortable with maintaining. I have never been comfortable with everything just going well, but not seeing any growth. I want to see growth. I want to see the kingdom of God expanded. And I realize that I'm just one person. But if I can encourage you, to come along with me on this journey, to give it all for Jesus, to go the second mile, to do over and above what is required of you, we can see Coal Lake turned into a godly community. There is work to be done. There are battles to be fought. There are victories to be won. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. That's why we want the Holy Spirit. We are all mortal beings in the flesh. And it's amazing how you can read something or listen to something on TV or listen to a tape or a video, and it sounds so good, and it sounds so real, you jump on board with that and you go for it, 
and you haven't checked it out with the Lord, you haven't checked it out with the Word, and you're going down a slippery slope and don't really realize it. He is the Spirit of truth. And when I say be led by the Spirit, I don't mean be led by your imagination. I mean know the Word of God. Know what the Word of God says. And then listen. Meditate on that Word. And let the Holy Spirit bring truth into your heart and into your mind. We can trust Him. We can trust His promises. God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Now, we use that portion of Scripture a lot because what was true for Joshua, what was true for Moses, is true for me. It's true for you. God is no respecter of persons. You and I are just as much His people as the children of Israel were His people. And what God did for Joshua, He will do for me. He will do for you. Nothing has changed in God's plan for Coal Lake and Coal Lake Community Church. We must let the Spirit lead. As I said before, if we won't, He will find someone who will. Just look how quickly Coal Lake Community Church came up from the ashes. That was a miracle. That was the hand of God upon a group of people that stuck with the stuff, prayed and sought God's face. A lot of us were very imperfect people. I used to refer to us in the beginning as a motley crew. But we believed God and we trusted in His Word and we loved one another and we put all of our difference beside us, aside, and we let God move. And when someone came and said, I want to do something for the Lord, we said, go for it. And in the flesh, I would often think, man, this is not the way we do it in Pentecostal churches. You've got to be here for a certain length of time before we allow you to teach a Bible class. But we had no choice. The church was growing so fast, and we needed people. And then combined with that, I had people giving me advice of who to trust and who not to trust and who to avoid and all of these things. I was told about the bad people. You know something? Most of the bad people turned out to be the best people. So nothing has changed. God still wants to lead us, and God still wants to direct us, and His plan is always the same. You've got to go by His Word. 
Moses and Joshua were instruments in God's hand, as were Paul and the the apostles. And they said, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I want you to examine my life. I want you to see, and anything that I'm doing that is godly, follow that. And anything that I'm doing that is not godly, anything that I'm doing that is ungodly, remind me of it. Show me. Because I only want God's best for this place. God is still using pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles and prophets today. There's nothing different. Thirdly, God has empowered us to stay the course. His presence gives confidence. And he said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. And you'll notice that God repeats this three times in this passage. This something is important. When God says, be strong and of good courage, when he says it three times, there's got to be a reason. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to Uh, Do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. God still wants us to obey his word. God still wants us to be governed by the principles of his word, both Old and New Testament. The Bible is applicable to us from cover to cover. And if you have anyone that has been in your life that tells you that you're only supposed to go by the New Testament, you ask them to show you where they see that in the Bible. That you may prosper wherever you go. That's a good reason, isn't it? That's a good reason to follow the Word of God. That you may be prosperous and have good success in your life. Now, when we say prosperous, most time we think about money. But money is a very small part of being prosperous. You can have all the money in the world and still be one of the most wretched people. But you can have Jesus and have relationships, real, genuine relationships with people, with your family, with friends. You can be honored and admired by people because of your stand for God. Oh, the world won't admire you. But we're not of the world. We're a special people. We're a chosen generation. A special people. We've been called by God to be a part of His bride. We've been called by God to be His church. 
Cole Lake Community Church, the building is not the church. The church is those people that are inside here who love Jesus, who's asked him to come into their heart and be their Savior. When Jesus is given full role, full uh, role in our hearts, what a difference it makes. I often tell a part of my testimony how before I was saved, I didn't love a half a dozen people outside my own family. But when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, that changed. It was a supernatural thing that happens inside of a man and a woman that we can't explain. Every time I try to explain it, I feel that I fall short of telling you what it really means to be born again. Observe to do all that, accord, that is written in the book. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Then verse 9, he says, Has I, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Three times. Our faith is built upon the Word of God, the Bible. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 7.10. Some 600 years later, Israel finds themselves in captivity again, conquered by their enemies because they ignored God's word. After going through everything that they went through, after seeing the miracles that they experienced that they were a part of, they turned their back upon their Lord. And in captivity, this is a situation. Jeremiah chapter 29 is a letter from Jerusalem, from Jeremiah. Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem. but it's addressed to the exiles in Babylon. You see, the Jews were determined never to submit quietly to a foreign rule. And some of the people that were taken to Babylon were their prophets. And their prophets had told them within two years, we're going to be set free. We're going back home in two years. And Jeremiah seeks to correct that. And his words found acceptance among some, but not without resistance on the part of the false prophets. 
God's word through Jeremiah to them was to make the best of their position and acquire wealth and influence in the land. Jeremiah writes to them and he says, build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I send you into exile. Pray for the Lord. Pray to the Lord for it. Listen to this. For its welfare will determine your welfare. Now let me get a little bit political. You may not think much of Mr. Trudeau. But Mr. Trudeau is our prime minister right now. And every Christian should be lifting him up before God every day. Because the welfare of our country is our welfare. If God could work through ungodly men in the past, ungodly kings and leaders in the past, to bring about his plans and his purposes for his people, he can still do it. We don't understand the workings of God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So lift up your country. Be proud of your nation. And ask God to guide those who lead us. Within time, you'll have opportunity to cast your vote again. And if we are faithful in this, then God may be pleased to give us the desire of our heart. He went on to reveal that the prophets in exile were lying. God said, I have not sent them. This is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the things that I have promised, and I will bring you home again. Folks, this is the context that we find our, our beloved scripture that we often quote or pass on to someone else in a crisis, and it's this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. When God spoke this, he was also saying, this plan that I have for you, is going to be 70 years in its fulfillment. The truth is that we do not know when. God is sovereign. 
God's timing is just right. But we know that what he has promised, he will perform, and that's what we focus on. The promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. And any time we allow our imagination, we allow ourselves to assume, we hit ourselves for disappointment and confusion. I need not go any further than to say how that Effie and I had a prophecy over us that our clothes were getting too small for us. My shoes were getting too small. I was growing out of my clothes. And the interpretation of that prophecy was that God was going to expand us in ministry and that we were going to have a, a, a fruitful ministry. And the last thought in my mind when I came to Cold Lake was that this was where it was going to happen. But this is where the prophecy came true. So don't underestimate God. So in conclusion today, now you know my conclusions, right? We got a little bit of time here yet. I believe that the future is bright for Cold Lake Community Church. And here's some of the reasons I believe that. We still believe in the power of prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14 is a, a mainstay of our belief in that. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. That's powerful. But listen to what God is saying. My people, I want my people to humble themselves. I want my people to pray, to seek my face. That means really getting down in earnest with God, laying it all on the table and saying, Lord, I want to be your hand extended. I want to be used of you. I give myself to you. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Folks, it doesn't help us to sweep our sins under the rug, to make excuses for it. That hinders us in our spiritual walk with God. God wants us to turn away from our wickedness. Come clean with him and say, Lord, just wash me. Cleanse me afresh in your precious blood. Another reason I believe that the future is bright for Cold Lake Community Church is because 
we still believe in the power of the Word of God. The power of the Bible, the written Word. The power in the name of Jesus, the Word that became flesh. The power of the preached Word. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Isn't that something? Hebrews chapter 4.12 tells us the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And just a simple word being preached like I'm doing here today. You may have got stuck on one word that has been spoken this morning. You haven't gotten past that. But the Holy Spirit is just dealing with you right now. That's the power of the Word, the preached Word. We still believe, next, I believe that the future is bright for Colette Community Church because we still believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said just before he went away in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Lord, help us to be your witnesses. Let your Spirit stir us once more. Help it to bother us that we know somebody who if their heart were to quit beating right now, they would not go into eternity with Jesus Christ. Give us the heart of God for people. Another reason I believe that the future is bright for Colette Community Church is that we still believe in the power of vision. We believe in dreaming great dreams. We believe in being guided by the Holy Spirit and having a vision for the future led by the Spirit of God. We believe that when God is moving as He desires to move in a church, it's not just the pastor that has the vision. It's not the pastor's vision. It's our vision. 
That when I speak something into your life, when I speak something that God is laying on my heart, if it is truly from God, there will be an amen in your spirit. If you're in touch with God. If you're being led by the Spirit, when the Spirit speaks to me, He'll speak to you. And likewise. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. You see, vision and the word goes hand in hand. You can't get a vision from God and disregard the word of God. It just doesn't happen that way. We know what God has said. We don't assume. We know. We follow wholeheartedly and trust in Him, His timing. His timing is right. And just because you don't see something come to true, come true that was spoken, you don't see it right away, don't, don't ever think that maybe that wasn't of God. God's got a timing. And sometimes we assume. We assume that it's going to be a certain way. We assume a certain building, a certain property. Let's leave that with God. He's the one that opens and closes doors. In fact, He opens doors that no man can close. And He closes doors that no man can open. I'll let you in on a little thought that I have. A conviction that I have. I'm still believing for that property over here. Don't know how it's going to happen. But that's what I'm believing for. And lastly, I believe that the future is bright for Coal Lake because we still believe in the power of the promises of God. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to those that believe. No, I got one more. This is the last one. <laughs> but certainly not least is the fact that most importantly of all, this is the Lord's work. It's the Lord's church. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and all of the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. That's where we are. Where's Ernie? Forgot to give you a signal there. So what do you think, folks? Is the future bright for Cold Lake Community Church? Are you willing to enter in, jump in with both feet, roll up your sleeves, and say, let me at it? 
I think that we are going to have a mighty move of God. And don't assume that it's going to look like anything that we've ever seen before. We're in 2016. We're not back in 1995. Amen? People are different. Show their emotions differently. All of these things. But the most important thing is that we have a genuine move of the Holy Spirit. And we'll leave that up to God how that looks. Are you willing to do that? God is going to bless you, folks. God is going to bless you. I just asked Ernie to give us something upbeat this morning that we're just going to finish on an upbeat note. Now, as, as, as they, when they begin to worship, if you have a need, you want prayer for something, you just come up, we'll pray for you. We believe in prayer around here. We believe that God answers prayer. Amen. There's nothing too difficult for God. Nothing. And so, if you want prayer, you want us to believe with you for yourself, for someone in your family, for a friend. You're having a difficult time at work. You're having difficult with your finances. Whatever it may be, God is interested in the big things and He's interested in the little things. God cares about you. And times of altar calls is a great time to just enter in and get some people to agree with you. Believe for miracles. Amen. Lord bless you. If you need Jesus as your Savior, come up, talk to me. I'll tell you how you can have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.